love to chat. Oh, what it's like to be an ant. Those who ant. Those who ant. Hello. Welcome to Those Who Ant, a podcast to help you see the world through ant-colored glasses. I am Auntie Mags. I'm Aunt Pat. And we are so happy to have you here. Today's going to be a real fun day. We've got a fantastic guest we can't wait for you to meet. But first, you know, we like to check in. So, Pat, how are you? I'm furious. What happened? I was going to make pesto. I got one of those plants from the grocery store, one of those ones that comes on a sleeve. It doesn't have enough leaves on the whole plant to make pesto. I got to wait for it to grow. So you bought like a baby basil plant. Like you've seen in the store. You know, it doesn't come in the clamshell. It's a plant. It's got a sleeve on it. Like that's selling it like a bouquet. Uh-huh. So I got that. I pulled every leaf off. It's half as much as you need for pesto. Okay. Well, why don't you just make half the amount? Oh, it's like two tablespoons. This is a food that they should say is not accessible. You know what makes pesto inaccessible to me is that you have to buy pine nuts. Italians call them pignoli, right? Pine nuts, delicious, buttery, kind of, ooh, melt in your mouth, good. But the problem is pine nuts are so expensive. I think a lot of people are priced out of making their own pesto already. And then you take into account the basil. It's elitist. And all you did was not buy into it accidentally. I don't have pine nuts either. What were you going to use? I thought it was something else. I guess back to the store. Yeah, that's the thing too. You could always just go back to the store. I need to pack. I need to pick up other stuff too. I feel better. Okay, good. Were you using a recipe or were you just kind of imagining what you'd like to go into pesto and then using that? I suppose it's the latter. All right. Well, I love your creative spirit. And you know what? I have a recipe. If you want one, I think pesto is overrated. There I said it. I love everything that goes into it. I'm a 50-50 on pesto. If I'm being fully honest with you, which I always am, which I will never lie to you. But you know what the important thing is? You went out there and you tried something new and I'm proud of you and I love you. Speaking of who we love, boy, oh boy, do we love our guest today. And I know that every week we say this is the best guest ever, but this is the best guest ever. Ladies and gentlemen, mostly ladies, but however you identify, please welcome Uncle Dutch. Dutch, how are you? I'm doing good. It's so wonderful to see you both. Oh, we're so happy to see you. You're like a ray of light. You know, when you say things like that, my heart just, you know, it just fills up my cup all the way to the brim. You know, that's what it is. You know, it's, all life really is is just an opportunity to just pour some love into somebody else's cup, you know? You know, yeah. just a little love to drop here and there. Write that down. I'm writing it down. Can you see it? Someone write it down. I'm writing it down. I didn't make that up. That's from a kid's book I used to read to my niece. Oh, God. Uh, like a drop in my bucket or something like that. So you just, you know, you just put a drop in somebody's bucket here and there. And everything will be all right. Only uncle I've ever known who has read a book to the nieces and nephews. What? That cannot be true. You pulling my chain. No. You jerking my leg. No. We're not pulling or jerking anything. You poured me a Pepsi and told me it was a Coke. Oh my God. I would never do that to you. I would never do that to anyone. Everybody who knows me knows that Coca-Cola Classic is the only carbonated beverage that's a soda that anyone should drink. Pepsi is for shitters. Pepsi's a kid's cola. Coca-Cola is for the refined palate, so I can see why you would prefer it. Thank you. Speaking of books that we've read, one that I used to love that now looking back on, I'm like, this is harmful, is The Giving Tree. Because it's like all that female tree does is give herself up and take herself apart. She self-harmed herself. I got to tell you, when you say it like that, I don't think you're wrong. 
I used to always think of the tree as God, but also as a woman, which is very interesting because, you know, they don't say that in my church, but no man would ever just be like, cut all my branches off. Not any man I've ever met. The only man I believe would do that for someone is you. Well, <laughs> well I'll tell you what, these branches are starting to click more and more every morning. So come and get them while the getting's good. Please believe I will. I want to say, you are maybe the only uncle that is good. Uncles get a bad rap on this podcast. It was important for us to bring you on here because you are the consummate uncle. An uncle's job is to do what a mom and dad don't do. An uncle's got to be fluid. Okay, so say if you have a strict mom and dad, then the uncle, you know, he slides you a little extra dough every once in a while, allow you to get something that your mama wouldn't let you get. You got a wild mom and dad. Maybe your uncle slides you a little money so that you can pay some of the bills that you know your crazy mommy and daddy didn't take care of. It always involves sliding money. You know, that's, that's the number one for an uncle. That's why I always let Tina take money from me. We yeah. protected her identity early on. But yeah, she's got sticky fingers, Tina. But she's a good kid. She's a good kid, I'm sure. What's she spending it on? You know, that's a very good question that I might have to ask her, which will entail me confronting her, which is not my strong suit. But she's been stealing feminine hygiene products a bit, so it's not on that. I'm going to have to look into it. That's a great point, Dutch. I should know. Yeah. But she knows that I know that she's been stealing from me, and that's a way that I give her money. I think it's great. I think you got to flip it, though, because you're the aunt, right? So, you know, it's got to be, you know, the quid pro quo. So what you get is, okay, I don't mind you take the money, but what you doing with it? Just let me in. I don't, hey, I ain't your mama. I love saying I should put that on a t-shirt. I ain't your mama. So it's not, it's not on me. Also, stop stealing feminine hygiene products, fam. I'll buy you some tampons. It ain't that serious. I got it. I don't think she trusts me to get her the tampons she likes. She's playing fast and loose with some different shapes and scents now. Yeah, she's also selling them to her friends who are not allowed to have tampons. For some people, it's a controversial thing. Not for me. I would die without them. And I really mean that. I would die without them. Oh, well, that's just smart. Hang on a second. Now, see, now you're going to make me get emotional. You're telling me that your niece is stealing tampons and then selling tampons to girls that can't get tampons? She's Robin Hooding it. it this young lady is a hero and a hustler. I can see the beauty in it. You know what? The kid got a Venmo. I'm slide that kid some money. I like that. If Robin Hood sold the king's gold back to the poor people, that's what she would be doing. Yes, but you know at a discounted rate. She could give them away, but she got to eat too. You know what that says to me, entrepreneur? This is exactly the kind of perspective I need as an aunt that you have just provided me, Dutch. It's honestly inspiring. And I, I knew in some small part of my body that what she was doing was good, but I couldn't put my finger on it. You know what a wise woman once said? That's what friends are for. <gasps> it was Dionne Warwick. Keep smiling. Keep shining. Knowing you will always. Count on me. See? Count on me for sure. Uh-oh, okay. Somebody felt it. I did feel it. And that reminds me of the night we met. We were doing karaoke and didn't we hit it off. You know, it's such a, a beautiful and pure thing to do. Just people being free. 
It is a perfect example of what regular human beings can do to feel extraordinary. Karaoke is something that, here you go, you're a person, not you, anyone, one, one goes up. They put in a song that they are 85% of the time underqualified to perform in public. But they go up and oh my goodness, do they run with it. And they sing with the passion of somebody who is drunk and screaming at a loved one. Ugh, the power. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's powerful. And then everybody claps for you. And then you get high five. Well, I mean, you can't get a high five these days, but you know, we'll wave now. I'm not slapping anybody's hand ever again. No, handshakes are done. I had been so self-conscious. And that night, I felt so empowered. It was one of my top 10 nights. Of all time. Of all time. That was a good night. It was a good night. The moon was out. I remember walking out of that bar and just looking up at the sky and just thinking, thank you. That night, you got up there and you sang Escape the Pina Colada song. Ugh, a trashy song for America's people. It is the worst song. First of all, how do you not know those things about your partner you've been with for a long time? Very simple things. Pina Coladas? That's number one vacation drink. Did you ever go on vacation? Getting caught in the rain? You mean to tell me it never rained? The first line of that song, and you all remember this, is, I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. That is horse shit. These people have a bad relationship. It always makes me cry. It's so sad. Behind my back, he's calling me a lady. We've been together too long. I've been on the other end of the Pina Colada song. Please, me too. Everybody thinks it's a happy ending because you're like, oh, they show up the same place and then they look at each other and they laugh. If I showed up catching somebody cheating, because in my mind, she knew and she caught him red-handed. And so she shows up to be like, I got your ass. But in his version, it's like, oh, we saw each other and it was like, oh, I never knew and we had a laugh. That is unacceptable in my opinion. The melody is fun. It's got that kind of island sound and guitar. You can see the beach. And despite its horribly offensive lyrics and examples of what not to do in a relationship, let alone a marriage, I do think that the vibe is fun and uh, it, it's a fun song to sing. Mm-hmm. It slaps. To address some of your complaints, I will say that I do think it tells a tale of a very specific type of love. Polyamory? An undernourished love. A love may be started not out of passion, but out of opportunity. You know, the funny thing about love is that it has to be fed in order for it to grow. That makes sense. They didn't feed it. And so when I sing that song, I like to think that at the end of that moment, they made a decision to either stay together or to be apart. But a decision was made and they were both better for it. So in your mind... The, the relationship started like in any port in a storm kind of situation where it was like they found each other and it was like, okay, you'll do. And oh, sure. That's why they never asked anything about each other. They were just in the beginning, just happy to have someone along for the ride, but never really diving deep into each other's spirits. Maybe I'm overthinking it. You're not. Dutch, I wish I could walk around the world with your eyes and seeing things the way that you see them. Because I see the world from a fearful place of I'm getting cheated on, I'm a lady, I'm this, that, and the other thing. When I hear you talk about the world, I have hope in my heart. I give people the benefit of the doubt. It's just inspiring. 
I do want to say this, though. Let's not walk away from it too glorious. The man was trying to cheat on his wife. He was putting ads in the paper. You put an ad in the paper. You, you're not even trying to be stealth. He paid money. To cheat. And listen, this per line, he wrote a lot. This is a long ad. That's a sizable ad. He spent good money on it. That's a quarter page ad that he took out to skank around. He's got a filthy penis, that man. I got to tell you, Pat, Mags, that's got to be an eight-liner at the very least. I mean, you're talking $150, $200 for that ad. Honestly, you could have taken your wife out to dinner. Maybe you'd have a better relationship. I just had an idea for kind of a topical Weird Al song about that. Like the Pina Colada song. But it's about how newspapers are failing and you keep putting ads in to keep print afloat. So it's like, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that. La uh, yada yada. Psych, I've got it at home. I just wanted to send the newspaper 1500 bucks. Do you have a, a replacement phrase for if you like Pina Coladas? If you like investigative journalism. Oh, okay. If you like investigative journalism, sending money for ads. I knew Dutch would know it. If you like reading a lot of people cheat on their spouse. If you like Ziggy once on Sundays and ads for old cars, then this is the paper you should be sending money to. Not going out. Bum, 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 bum. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. See, it's the, it's the vibe. I'm telling you, it's, the vibe is good. That was beautiful. Even when you were singing that, Pat, I was like, beach. You're right. It's the, something about the music. It really is. Sometimes a wonderful melody can be all that it takes to make something worthy of being listened to. The second song you sang, obviously, Raspberry Beret. And that one brought the house down. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. I never had heard that song and thought, this will make people weep. But your version of it was so uplifting. Some of the lyrics in that song are racy, but it doesn't bother me when Prince says it. I listen to Escape the Pina Colada song, and I'm like, you know what? Screw you, whatever your name is, who wrote that. But when I listen to Raspberry Beret, he says, you know, she was wearing something next to nothing. And I'm not offended. I'm not offended. It's intent. Intent matters, and I love Prince. Mostly tribute, you know? To a legend. Well, you know what is really great about that line is he says, uh, something close to nothing, but different than the day before. And what he's saying is that he's paid so much attention. Every time she's come in, she's caught his eye. And and obviously Prince being such a chivalrous man is they've they've never really had too much contact because he would never be the type of man to disturb a woman. She just came into shop. That's not the way you get at a lady is when she's trying to ring up for her uh, her nickel and dime clothing. He knew her patterns. That's why I saw her. Ooh, I saw her. She walked in through the outdoor. He knew. What if she can't read? You're paying attention. You're full of kindness. She walked in through the outdoor. Is she illiterate? I don't know. The layers in the man's writing. It's, it's wonderful. That was a great night. I really enjoyed it. You guys are such fantastic karaoke singers as individuals and your duet when you sing i always want to call it get shot earl but i know it's the one it's like the this the dixie chick song where uh white women love to sing this song because it's about a man that they get to kill they also love the lights go down in georgia but i think that's also because that's about a man you get to kill you are hitting on something today with me and these songs obviously the chicks goodbye earl goodbye earl 
Everybody knows that this guy was abusing Wanda. The first line of the song to me is what the song is about, which is Marianne and Wanda were the best of friends. Okay? That's the relationship that matters because that is the one that's an accomplice. That's what so people always say, you know, what friend would you call if you had to bury a body? You know who I'd call? Pat. You know who I'd call next? You. But I would never want to get you entangled in something that you weren't willingly signed up for. Hey, listen. Now, just because I'm a good person doesn't mean that I haven't had to be in a sticky situation or two. You know, that's what friends are for. That's what you got to do for your people. I'm sure you guys aren't out there just running the streets willy-nilly slashing tires and keying cars. But, you know, Pat, if Mags needed you to break somebody's window, you bring the bricks. If she was a dog in a hot car, I'd do it. So if it's Mags, of course. That reminds me of the third song you sang that night, Dutch, which is Before He Cheats, remember? And when you sang those lyrics, I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped-up four-wheel drive. Here's how people know you're a feminist, because you will take down the patriarchy. You, A lot of your songs dealt with infidelity, but that to me, that's like, who's who better to speak on it than a good man? That's the problem. Good men need to speak up more. You know. Also, I just like singing songs from a woman's perspective because it makes men uncomfortable because I don't change the lyric. If it's a song that's written by a woman and she says, uh, okay, if I do like natural woman, I just say natural woman. This is a good song. I don't have to change it, but I see the men, they get very uncomfortable. The women love it though. You know why? Because when you're a man, one of the most insulting things you can call a man is to say he's got feminine characteristics. That's why people think it's such a joke when like a man dresses up like a woman because what a humiliating thing for a man to dress up like a woman. Now I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about strictly in costume. It's so difficult though. I mean, if you're going to dress up as like a stereotypical costume woman, I mean, you're probably going to have to put on some Spanx and get the right color pantyhose because you're not going to shave your legs, you scaredy cat, and the shoes at the very least. You're not going to put on a kitten heel because then nobody's going to buy. You got to get at least three and a half on the heel or get a wedge, and those are impossible to walk in for a night with no training. I mean, your knees and ankles are going to be terrible in the morning. What are you going to do with the wig and your makeup, and you're going to refresh your lips and things that people don't think about. Like, how did you make your breasts? Did you use bird seed or did you use balloons filled with water? And if one of them pops, do you have a spare? Did you get the right size bra so you don't have that weird line in the middle of your bosom? I think men underestimated because not enough men are trying to do a good woman costume. They just do bearded dude in his mama's clothing. It shouldn't look like Revenge of the Nerds. We're past that. Fool me. I watch Drag Race. Show me something. Again, just talking costume. I think drag is the highest compliment you can pay to women. Gender is a performance no matter what. And ladies, let me let you in on a little secret. The men that are out there and proclaiming all of this anti-women speech about how you dress and it's a lie and everything. Listen, come to my barbershop. You're going to see men getting their little beards edged up just right. Have a little gray peppered in. Oh, no, we're going to just brush a little Beijing in there. Take out those lines. I mean, one thing I, I loved about the quarantine was suddenly all of these famous men had to let us see their real beards and hair. And not everybody is as full-headed as you think. This was like the great unveiling, this quarantine. So, you know, let it be known. These men, they're putting in the work, too. They just don't want to talk about it. I see these brothers out here getting facial scrubs. 
getting exfoliated with the aloe and the green tea. Everybody deserves the opportunity to feel beautiful. Absolutely. Take care of your skin. Let me tell you what I told my nephew, because he's 16. Why would you scrub your armpits and not wash your face? That's the thing the ladies is looking at. You don't walk up to a lady and hold your armpit up, but you scrub that thing like an old cast iron pan. But you don't wash your face. You're not going to put some toner on it, a specialized moisturizer. Boy, I tried to tell the boy, but I interrupted you. I apologize. I don't even care. I'm glad you did. I love you for it. I have to say something. We're talking about taking care of yourself and smelling good. And I just want to get something out into the open. I'm sorry for that night, Dutch, because I'd been overserved and I never told you this, Megs. I attempted to kiss Dutch that night. And I just want to say it out loud. Dutch was a pure gentleman and he acted as though I had stumbled when I hadn't. I was trying to kiss him full on the lips. There, I said it. And you just never, you guys never addressed it? First of all, I thank you for your honesty. We've all seen Dutch. You're handsome. You're handsome. Who wouldn't want to trip and fall into your lips? But Dutch, how do you feel? You okay? Well, um, <laughs> I got to say, I, I, I never thought that we would ever have this conversation. That's what this podcast is for. We have the hard conversations. Let me... First of all, address uh, your feelings. Uh, let me just say this. It was a wonderful night. There was magic in the air. We were singing and swaying. I definitely had a couple tangere and tonics that night. <laughs> we tied one on and we uh, howled at the moon and that's all right. You just happened to get swept up in it and I can't blame you for that. No harm, no foul. Wasn't like you slapped me. I went home with a firefly in my heart and I appreciate you for that. A firefly in my heart. You are a poet. And I should say one more thing, if we're being really honest. And I think we are. If there's a firefly in your heart, does that mean that you might possibly be open to dot, dot, dot? And I can tell that that is a no and that... You know, you said dot, dot, dot. I didn't know that was the end of it. Am, am I wrong, Mags? I, I, did it read that way to you? Yeah, I thought there was more coming. And I, I just want to say this. Under no circumstances should you feel like you have to answer that during this recording. She swung for the fences, and I respect that. I res You're brave. Pat, I love you. You're brave. And when you see this gorgeous human being, gorgeous as in you are so handsome, but also your whole being is gorgeous, I don't blame you for shooting your shot. You're like, I was going to say Thunder Dan Molly, because we all know I had a huge crush on Thunder Dan Molly when three-point king. Thunder Dan. Man's got legs of steel. Legs of steel, arms of steel, arms. He was a Superman. Steer it back. Sorry about that. If we could get Dan Molly, I'm going to reach out to his people. I'd really love to see what just kind of what he's doing these days. Anyways, uh, you don't have to answer that if you don't want to, Dutch. That's up to you. I'd appreciate it. I think what would be wonderful is if that we could get together again under more controlled circumstances. Because obviously in, in that moment, could I have reciprocated? Sure. But would it have been right? I don't know. And if I can't be certain... I just can't go forward with it. And like I said, we were all caught up in the moment. I'm staring at those big blue eyes of yours just looking up at me. And I, I was thinking at that moment, what a gorgeous time. What a gorgeous woman. But if we were to kiss then, wouldn't have been right. Wouldn't have been clean.
So, you know, let's go to a... Oh, oh, hell, where can we go? Okay, I got it. How about this? I will make spaghetti. I'll drive it to your house. I'll leave it on your doorstep. Then I'll drive back to my house. And then we'll uh, zoom and eat the same spaghetti. Because I don't want to risk your health. I don't know. I might be asymptomatic. I bet you are. There's no way this thing could get you. It's a deal. I will eat the spaghetti whenever. It doesn't matter when. Thank you. I'm glad I pushed. You know, they say you miss all the shots you don't take. You know who never missed? Dan Molly. And you know, you're just just a couple of people out here looking for somebody to have a pina colada with. But not the infidelity. Definitely not the infidelity. Anything that comes to this has my blessing. I love you both. I feel like I just watched The Notebook, except instead of it being The Notebook, it was something I enjoyed. You know, I have a big issue with infidelity. Anyway, take us to your happy place, Dutch, real quick. Take us to your nieces and nephews. I have, um, let me just count them up real quick. Let me see. I got a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. So I got about uh, 15. I might be missing one. That's a quick count. Uh, maybe 16 nieces and nephews. Uh, the oldest is 22 and the youngest is two. I just wish somebody else would have one more baby, but that's, that's probably not going to happen. That two is probably my last one. You know, I just wanted just uh, just another one. When you get a new niece or a new nephew, they don't know you. You know, you get to introduce, you say, hey, I'm Uncle Dutch. You call me. And then they're a baby, so they don't respond, but so precious, they know. Now, the 22-year-old, she calls me all the time. What's your trick? We cannot get these kids to call us. Well, I can't get mine to call me. One, we know you're an exceptional uncle, but do you have something else? A way of living that attracts your nieces and nephews to you? No, 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 no. No, she's, she's, she's atypical and her life is wild and she needs a lot of help that um, she doesn't always feel comfortable going to her mother and, and my sister about. So what I do is I say, okay, come to me and I'll be there for you no matter what it is and I won't tell anybody. So I do that. But they don't all, the boys, oh my goodness, I I just send them text messages. The triplets, my brother got triplet boys. What? Triplets? What a dream. They're all 17. Oh, they're adorable. But 17, so also disgusting. I was once a 17-year-old boy and, whew, not my best time, not my most mature years. So... I can understand where they're coming from. Did you just make that up on the spot? I I was just singing my feelings. I would never think to sing my feelings. I'm so emotional right now. I think you can acknowledge that 17-year-olds are gross. You know who sings a song about being emotional that I know you love? Whitney. Oh, both? Ah! I know Pat loves uh, Whitney Houston so much. I love her so much. I miss her. I really do. That is coming from a very real and raw place. Oh, America's greatest songstress. Pat, is it Patricia? Nailed it. I don't know what else I thought that Pat could be short for, but I didn't want to assume. Oh, Patrice, Patunia. Patunia. Or it could just be Pat. You never know. Patty Wagon. I'm just kidding. My father was a truck driver, and you know how truck drivers, they have their own, they have like nicknames, CB handles. Before the iPhone and modern communication, truck has used CB handles. My father's CB handle was uh, paddy wagon. I got called that a lot when I was in school, because when my rear came in, 
What? When my rear came in, my rear came in before my tatas and I was all rear and they called me Patty Wagon, came home from school crying, couldn't figure it out. My mom said, it's because your rear came in. Thank God it did. Don't, don't, don't until the spaghetti. So excited about that spaghetti date. Patricia, I just want you to know that um, I use thick spaghetti. I hope that's not a problem. I need one minute. That is the most sexual thing anyone has said on this podcast yet. Patty is sweating. You can't see her, but she's reeling right now. She's fanning herself. That could be perimenopausal. That thick spaghetti. Wow. It really is the the only way, you know. Are we talking like a fettuccine, like a thick flat noodle? What are we talking about? No, I, I use specifically titled thick spaghetti. It's still spaghetti. It's just thicker than your average spaghetti. This, and I really mean this, is erotica. This is erotica. Pat is pouring water down her front right now. Well, I got to tell you, Pat, you must have been uh, quite the troublemaker uh, once your your rear came in. Oh, I got in trouble a lot, but it was just acting out because I felt real self-conscious about it. And I know you mean acting out like getting around, but it was... Not a troublemaker like you in trouble because you get around. A troublemaker because all the boys writing your name on the notebooks. Tommy plus Pat with a little heart over it. Oh, yeah. they. I saw a couple of those. It was, you know, Patty, Patty, here she comes. Here she comes with her Thunderbuns, which I didn't know to interpret that as flirting because I don't think I was meant to see it. Well, uh, who said it to you? Because, you know, it all the context is so important. I think if a white man calls you thunder buns, he probably means it as an insult. But if a black man calls you thunder buns, I think he wants to call you that for the rest of his life. Oh, unfortunately, these were white people and I could tell it was meant not in a great way. So interesting how white culture historically has loved buns, and then has gone through such a a rejection of buns. If you look at Renaissance women, they're all buns. Botticelli, you know what I'm saying? Bottomcelli. You said it. I would have done good at that time. Ah, me too. You're doing great right now. Please, shop curves ahead over here. Hello, wow. I want to say that, A, we are so lucky to know you. And you know what? This is usually we talk about funkles, you know, uncles who are fun, who steal the spotlight from ants. But I got to say, Dutch, one, you will never not be my friend no matter what happens. And two, you're not a funkle. You're a hunkle. A handsome human uncle. Hunkle. I would also say you're a wunkle. You're a wonderful uncle. I like that. I like hunkle way better because it's just it's a better portmanteau. You know how I feel about him. Yeah. But I hate to say this because we would talk to you forever and ever. Amen. But I think it's about that time for us to hot ways. I think you two probably have some communication that you're going to be doing offline, which keep me posted. I mean, absolutely. Right back at you. All right. Well, uh, uh, let me just say thank you so much for having me and for allowing me to uh, share the love of uncles with your your listening audience. Uh, A tip to all the uncles. Learn two card tricks. Send your nieces and nephews $5 a piece for no reason. And get your face set on every once in a while. That one's for the ants. Megs, I got to go. You finish up.
Okay. Normally, Pat would say that uh, she loves you. I'm worried she would say that a little too preemptively and mean it. So we're just going to go quickly to the mantra and let's uh, let's get in and get out because I got to check and see if, if Pat is fanning her nethers. An ant is worth a thousand words, but she will offer a million. On behalf of Patty Tambulance, I'm Maggie Merton. I just want to say, Dutch, we love you. I love you too, Megs. Thank you. I love you. Bye. Hello, thank you for listening to Those Who Answer Baby Makers Podcast, starring Colleen Doyle as your Aunt Pat and Dana Curcioli as your Auntie Megs. If you liked this podcast, and come on, why wouldn't you? You just gotta subscribe, rate, and review us. The role of Uncle Dutch was played by the best living man, Edgar Blackman. You may recognize him from the movie Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping, or as Jeff from Alone Together. He's the greatest of all time, and his family is beautiful. Our theme song was performed by The Cues, and you can follow them at The Cues Music on Instagram. Instagram. Follow those who ant on Instagram and Twitter, and if you have any questions for the ants, email us at those who ant at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy, wear a mask, and for God's sakes, just call your ants.